Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. We are your hosts. Jessica Singh. And I am Chris Eaton. Jessica, how are you this week? I'm doing good. I'm really excited. For those who don't know, it's E3 week oh. here in Los Angeles. For those that are um, into gaming or live in Southern California. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. I'm always interested to see kind of what they have. I haven't been reading up too much news about it because I want to be surprised when I get there what they have. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a long shot, but I'm looking for like kaiju monster games oh. that they would have out. Ooh, actually... Um, I, I got I got stuff on that. the the uh, the other site that I run, uh, the Realmcast. The rest of my crew was out there today. They were covering day one. I'm heading out there to actually Wednesday. So, I mean, as we record this right now, it's already Wednesday. So, in like about in ten and a half hours, I'll be driving out to LA to go to, to this. You know, to my first yeah. uh, E3. But um, my editor George uh, sent me a picture. You know, straight from his phone. He's just like, dude, you got to check this out when you get here. So there's a game coming out called Evolve. I know a few people have heard of it. It's called, it's from the makers of uh, Left 4 Dead. And from what I can tell, it kind of plays like Left 4 Dead. So you get like a, a party of four. Each, you know, whatever character you pick has a different attribute. Uh, I think there's like a trapper, a hunter, a medic, and something else. And essentially, it's kind of like think of um, th- think of a, a Sound of Thunder, the Ray Bradbury story, where you know, yeah, the hunting party you get to go back in time and get to kill a T Rex, even though you're not really killing it because it was about to die anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I don't know, it, the movie. The movie they made of it is it's mind-bogglingly, uh, mind-bogglingly, uh, just mediocre, like. To like the max, it's it, it it felt it's like they really wanted to keep the the short story element, but they didn't know how to fill in the rest of it properly. And it's like I think they really dropped the ball with a lot of the stuff, but that's for another day. Anyway, back to evolve. Evolve, pretty much is you're hunting what looks like just big freaking monsters. It has like elements of like Dino Crisis to it. If anybody remembers that game. Hell yeah. Oh, God, I love Dino Crisis. That was during my Resident Evil phase when I was super into Resident Evil. I picked up Dino Crisis. <laughs> I'm like, this is pretty much Resident Evil with dinosaurs. It's just fulfilling every fantasy I have at, like, 15 years old. Where's that But movie? I feel so bad because I'm always rooting for the dinosaurs. Yeah, and then, like, I used to play the Jurassic Park game at the, Dave, like, you know, like, Dave and Buster's mm-hmm. and kind of, like, you know, those. Was, was... I'm always wanting to... Sh- this is gonna sound so terrible. I guess it's because I love the animals. I always felt so bad shooting the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and I was like, they need more human villains <laughs> that you can, or you know, that you can just like take out. Yeah, you know. Well, that, but, was, that was one of the. Did you ever play the Sega Genesis Jurassic Park game when it came out? Yes, yes. <laughs> Where you could either play Grant or the Raptor. Yeah, yeah, of course. Always go with the Raptor. Mm-hmm. You just go around and claw the crap out of people. <laughs> <laughs> But uh no but, um, wait wait was was sorry, the Dr- yeah he was showing you evolve yeah well real quick was the Jurassic Park game you were playing there was it the the one where you're sitting in like the jeep and and you had like the joystick and you just shot everything that came at you <laughs> it was that one wasn't it yeah yeah that was I call it the Chuck E Cheese game because I never saw it anywhere else but that place that was a cool game though it ate a lot of tokens though good God did it eat a lot of tokens so anyway evolve so pretty much uh yeah you hunt big monsters. Uh, they don't kind of call them kaiju, and they I think there's, like, some genetic, like, engineering going on to be, like, made as big game. 
but there's it's definitely it's definitely um elements of Left 4 Dead with big game hunting because your game is pretty much giant monsters. So E3 being a trade show, you know, since it's not open to the public, you have to either be media or part of the industry. It's pretty much the industry showing off for the industry. It's like just a big to do and announcements. So Evolve's the big um, game that 2K Studios is pushing uh, at their booth, along with the um, I think it's the new Borderlands game too. And uh, so anyway, George snaps snaps a picture, sends it to me. You know, while I'm on my lunch break, he's like, "Dude, this thing is like 14 foot tall." And I, that's the message I get. I open up the uh, the picture on my cell phone. And it's just this massive kaiju-esque looking monster. It's and he's like puts my buddy Sergio in front of it, who's like five five. So he's not a big guy, but I get a you know he's a good marker for me. And it's just towering over him, it's just like literally. T- this thing's like 12, 14 foot tall, and it's like it's like I'm like, is it just a bus? He's like, no, it's the full thing. It's a full sculpture, and it looks like a um, oh god. It looks like it kind of looks like Orga a little bit, because it's got the big arms, but the mouth a little, the mouth very different. Like Orga mixed with uh, one of the like the big Titan from Attack on Titan, if you know that show. Yeah. Pretty much, if you've seen yeah. any promo image for Attack on Titan, the giant Titan, add, add a little bit of that with like Godzilla spikes on its back, and this thing is badass. I'm just like, wow. I don't even play like first-person shooter games anymore. But if I had a PS4, I would probably be playing this. I'm definitely going to go try it tomorrow because uh, they said they had a demo there. And they're giving away stuff too. So I'm going to go try to grab some swag. That's the other thing about this show. It's a swag show. Like, they love giving away stuff. There's, like, just, you know, junk after junk. And I'll probably come home with, like, another, like, 50 T-shirts like I do at every other Comic-Con. But, yeah, Evolve. Uh, I'll put a trailer in the uh, show notes. It, it looks really badass though um, and, and actually it could make a really it looks like it could make a good movie but well, I guess we'll see right right did you ever play War of the Monsters on Playstation 2 I did briefly um, I was more like the Neo Geo kind of War of the Monsters dude or was it was, yeah. it, War of, was it War of the Monsters or was it I thought I could swore the Neo Geo version was War of the Monsters wasn't it uh, it's War of the Monsters. Um, the developer is um, Incognito Entertainment, mm-hmm. Sony. Oh yeah, okay. There's that one, but there was a there was a Neo Geo game. I could have. It was very similar. Like it even played similar. Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah, but oh my god, that game was my jam. Was it? Yes, it was. King of Loved the Monsters. It. I'm sorry, King of the Monsters. That's what it was. King of the Monsters is a different one. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, that game was awesome. Oh, we might have to do a show based around that game. I love playing that game because War, when War of the Monsters came out, I'm like, this is that. I, th- I could swear it was that game because it played a lot like it. But no, it turns out it's, I'm looking here. SNK made it, and SNK did not make uh, War of the Monsters. But I think yeah. War of the Monsters was responsible for getting the Godzilla games going, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it had some influence in it. Yeah. But, so no, but I I love that game because it wasn't it wasn't Godzilla. It wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't an established franchise, and it was an homage to the cheesy fifty sixties creature feature film. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, giant praying mantises or giant you know attack of the killer crabs and mm-hmm. 
you know, 50-foot woman and, you know, the killer robot that looks just a little bit, doesn't look like it should be smart. It's like yeah. a dumbed-down version of Voltron. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, no, so I was I was looking. I didn't read a lot of the news that kind of came out today. I wasn't able to make it today, but um, hopefully Wednesday, Thursday, because I want to go in mm-hmm. and just like, you know, the Batmobile there for Arkham Knight and, you know, the, sorry, excuse me, like the Batmobile at Arkham Knight or, you know, statues that evolve. I want to be surprised mm-hmm. to see them when I'm in there. So I'm trying unsuccessfully to keep off of the Facebook news feeds. If you walk down Figueroa across the street, there's a Titan from Titanfall standing outside. I know that. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. Oh that, my goodness! Because when we went there to pick up our badges, um, that was like literally just like it's literally on the corner. Like uh, I forgot the uh, the the company that they have an out they have a tent outside and they had this whole it's like life size too. It's like 14 foot and like it looks like you could actually crawl into the thing if you wanted to. Yeah, they have some of those at San Diego Comic Con. Did they? You can go inside of a mecha suit. Not, I don't know if it was. It wasn't for Titanfall. I literally just ran past it because I was doing work. But some companies will allow you. I mean, I don't think it's really a photo op, but mm. you can be inside of a mecha suit. You know, just to, you know, live your video game fantasies out. I guess. Where's that game at? Like, why? I mean, we had Virtual on a couple of years ago in the arcade, like about like ten, fifteen years ago, where you could control a mech and you sat in like a booth. Those enclosed, <laughs> but you never—they've, to my knowledge, they've never given us a proper mech game where they've made up the cockpit to look like a mech, and you see everything from the mech's perspective. So it was like a, like a first-person view, and you just control it like you know with joysticks and stuff like that. They've yet to give us that that game, and you would think it would be a no-brainer, especially the Japanese be like, why wouldn't you be living <laughs> that fantasy? You know, you, you they they tried. I'm not I'm not trying to be racist or facetious. I just. Deep down, part of me knows that like they just want to be inside of a giant robot beating something. It's in their blood. <laughs> it is in their blood. And they're great. I mean, mm-hmm. they're making real-life androids and sex robots. And, mm-hmm. You know, other things that look very, very real. And that hunt, you know, workers, that... dentists, everything, making their cars, you would think they would make something like exactly. that. Exactly. They already have statues, you know, dedicated to them. There's a, there's a Gigantor statue somewhere. There's that Gundam statue that's touring. They're putting the Pat Labor uh, robot on tour. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be, you know, they've built a replica of, the, there's a replica of the Avangelion, of the Unit 1 head that you can get into the cockpit uh, at a museum somewhere. So, they, they go nuts. There's got to be a game somewhere. It's If someone knows, post it in, uh, on our Facebook page if I'm completely like out of line because I can't keep up with every freaking Japanese game that's ever been out but if there is an arcade game like that let me know but if not I demand one we live in the 21st century we need a f- proper mech game and not just one where you're just like oh I'm flying around and it's like no I want to be immersed I want to be in the cockpit like you know like I literally want to sit in a big booth with it I'll go pay like a dollar fifty to play it you know and give me like two and a half minutes of gameplay but if it promises, promises me that and they can make a Gundam even better. <laughs> even better. So, uh, Jessica, uh, you know, following last week's episode, which was uh, a pretty hefty one, would you agree? Yes, yes. Uh, Mark was amazing. He had he basically gave us the tip of our knowledge. Oh, my God. That he has. 
if if I could just magically show you all this, all the wonders that he pulled out, it was, and, the, and his little eye, uh, iPad opened up. It was like it was like the scene in uh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction when uh, John Travolta opens up the briefcase and you just see the gold coming out. And you know, they ask, "Are we we good?" It's like, "Yeah, yeah, man, we good, we real good." Just he had so much wonderful stuff, and he's just like, "Dude, this is not even it." It's like I got so much more to show you. Just, we were on such a tight schedule that day. But uh, no, we will. We're having him back in pretty soon because he, we got a second part of that story that he told, and it's just gonna what he has and what he's gonna tell you. It's gonna be even better. So I mean, that was a grand story he told last time, but there's gonna be even more. So we'll have him pretty soon. So if you're wondering, you're tuning into this episode. It's like uh, I thought we were getting we were getting more of the the Wolfman stuff. It's like that's coming, but it's got we 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 uh, we had a couple of uh, weeks in between. Just for the mere fact that. It's a busy month. June turned out to be a very busy month for both of us. So, so instead of uh, you know waiting that long, Jessica and I figured we put it on up. So this is kind of like a um, a laid back episode. I don't think it's gonna be a very long episode today. Just fair warning. So we're kind of just going over some uh, you know news bits today uh, that came out of the last week and a half since we last recorded, and uh, just just sit back, relax, you know, get out of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Those just came out to the marketplace. I just told Jessica, and she <laughs> I can hear her jump over the phone. No, because the only place you could get it was at Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And I would always get it from the fountains at Taco Bell until one time my friend called it bathroom cleaner. <laughs> it looked like, it looked or smelled like bathroom cleaner, mm-hmm. and I was deterred for all of five seconds. <laughs> and I was like, nope, this stuff is so That's, good. Yeah. So, um, I haven't, see, now that you say it, I kind of want some, but then, um, I'm going to have to go find it out, but yes, open up your newly bottle of Baja Fresh and get ready for our, our episode. So, I figure we start off with the big news for the week. Jessica, I know you love yourself some Pacific Rim. It's part of the reason why we do this podcast. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, I... (laughs) I am addicted to BuzzFeed. I know it's not the greatest place on earth mm-hmm. um, to get all of your final news source. Mm-hmm. For everybody out there listening, always check multiple sources. <laughs> um, however, I saw it first on BuzzFeed. Wasn't able to click on it. I have been I'm busy with some family things, and then I believe Chris imposed it to me <laughs> later. Did and, you see um, this? Did you see it? I know, yes, it's Pacific Rim 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, has not been greenlit by Legendary, but Zach Penn and Guillermo del Toro are writing it and developing it and continue it as if it will be produced. Yeah. So uh, they're having a lot of faith in it. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can't just sit around and wait, you know, for studios to come to you. Sometimes you have to be proactive, mm-hmm. you know. And I figured even if... You know, sad, knock on wood. Even if it doesn't get made, they have put their energy into producing or trying to put their heart into a franchise that they love. Yeah. You know, even if it may not work out. But when I put it up there, I got like 20 inbox messages like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And I was like, wait, you got to read the whole thing. Mm -hmm. This is why we check sources, people. But then the whole thing is they haven't, you know, Guillermo's hoping Mm -hmm. that, you know, with all this work put in, the show of good faith and, you know, doing all this, that legendary will green light it, you know, and that he's hoping it's something that he can produce. Um, I noticed it said that it was written by him and Zach Penn. Mm-hmm. Did not say anything about Travis Beecham. Well, he, uh, he, uh, see, there's a, I got the article right here. 
and he mentions that uh, he puts off. He's like the see, where was it? I had it. Thing. Is it on the article? And I was just so excited, and my eyes yeah. skipped over it, yeah. and I freaked it, out. He's actually quoted because they're asking us like, "Why are you working with Penn?" He's like, "Well, Travis is out being big time, uh, you know, TV guy now that uh, he doesn't have time to, uh, to to work on the screenplay." So it seems to what he's insinuating that him and Travis knocked out a story, so they knocked out a basic yeah. story, yeah. and then he brought in Zach Penn to hammer out the script. So, um, you know, he's talking. Did you just attempt a, a Guillermo accent? I did. It's very <laughs> late, so it's not. I'm not on my. I'm not on the ball right now. It's 1 a.m. as we record this. So, and I worked all day today. So if I go off in little accents, and he's just like, "What the hell was that?" It's like that's just poor, poor. You know, just mockery on my behalf. So, but anyway. So anyway, yeah. So him and Zach Penn. So there's there's a script that exists out there now. So it at least in some form or another, it's going to exist as a script. And we do know, thankfully, because the comic book industry needs stories these days. If it doesn't get made into a movie, there's a very good chance it'll get adapted to a comic book in the near future. Right, right. I mean, they they've made a whole like uh, like Dynamite's made like a whole career off just adapting Kevin Smith's like unproduced scripts. Um, I know that, uh, who was it? I think it was Dynamite 2. Was it Dynamite? Yeah, I think it was Dynamite. The, the, they got the, uh, the Army of Darkness license. I don't know. I'm not... Don't have that in front of me. I, I do think, but I do know that the, one of those companies that has the, the, um, Army of Darkness, uh, uh, uh license, they adapted, uh, uh, the script for the tossed out Freddy vs. Jason 2 movie that had Ash in it. So that got adapted. Yeah. I know that there's like that's becoming like the new thing now. Just adapt stuff that didn't get made out there, which I think is a brilliant idea. Anyway, it's like if it exists already in like a script format that's laid out for scenes. I mean, pretty much all a comic book is is just storyboarding a movie anyway. So do it that way, you know. Yes, and to let you know for everyone, Jesse doesn't do horror. <laughs> she does select horror. Um, so she's not a, she does not do well. I was scarred for life. That's a story for another day as a three-year-old child. Um, it has been many years later. I still have not gotten over it. It's slow. I, I suspect by the time I'm in my late 40s to early 50s, I can probably finally see more horror movies. I'll probably have to, I've been making a list. So there might be a day when I'm like 65 and I just take a month off and all I watch is like horror movies from the 90s all the way till whatever year that will be, like 20-something. What movie was it that did it in for you? I don't remember. Well, one, I saw it oh. um, because my dad <laughs> my dad thought I liked circuses. Mm -hmm. And then um, the other one was, there were two other ones. There was one, I can't remember what has happened, but it was like, in a dark cave, I don't know what this girl was looking at, but there were multiple heads that were all just kind of hanging down from a ceiling together like a grapevine. So instead of a bunch of grapes, it's a bunch of heads, but they were all talking. I'm not so sure what's happening. Oh, they're, you know, they're not, de they're not beheaded. They're just, it's like a, if a person had five faces, but imagine a what? head with like 50 faces. What the hell were you watching? But, I think I've yeah, never there seen was that one scene. of those. And then there was another one where a girl was trying to get to her dad, and he ended up being just also electrocuted and turned into a grotesque alien because it inserted his body. I'm not so sure what I was watching, but it was horrible. And um, I watched it at the time because 
my, uh, I think, and I don't fault him for it because the logic was sound, mm-hmm. except the problem was I was three. Um, <laughs> my, yeah, the logic is sound, mm-hmm. right? Um, no, to I can't, I can't get into details of the movies. I'll probably never sleep tonight. But uh, my dad wanted me to grow to be a brave and strong girl. Mm-hmm. So he wanted me to watch certain movies that he would also enjoy. Mm-hmm. The issue is, as a child, some children don't. They can't self separate. Uh, they can't separate reality from fiction. Mm-hmm. So for up until the age of six, I believed when the actor was shot on set, mm-hmm. that character actually died. Yeah. So I was super confused why I would see a, the same actor in more than one movie, mm-hmm. even though his character dies in a certain movie. Yeah. But you know, you were young. Uh, my mother found out years later, very upset. <laughs> because you know, my mom understands child psychology a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, there's nothing wrong with my dad wanting me to grow up to be a strong and bold and, you know, courageous woman. But three years old, two and a half, three, was not the time to instill that in that way, in that way. So I have been scarred for life. And then one time my parents watched a Japanese horror movie. Oh, those are messed up either way. Doesn't matter those how were messed you up. <laughs> yeah, and then they saw a reenactment film of, and I don't know if you have children, so maybe they want to cover their ears. It's not super terrible. It is a part of history, but the Rape of Nanking, oh. which happened during, you know, World obviously not the time of our history. Yes, yeah. World War II. But to hear the screams mm-hmm. from a TV while I'm hiding under the covers <laughs> of a bed also did not help me. Yeah. So all of that combined from the ages of two and a half to seven have scarred me for the rest of my life up until now. So you never watched like in the like eight, late 80s, early 90s stuff like Silver Bullet or uh, or uh, like it, any like the Evil Dead films or anything like that? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> I do, ironic, I do, and I blame like Superman, Batman team-ups mm-hmm. as a child. I love crossovers, mm-hmm. so I've watched Alien vs. Predator. I had some problems, because it's sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. It's, I love sci-fi. It's monster-on-monster monster violence, mostly. Yeah. So I watched Alien vs. Predator. That was fine. <laughs> you know, I could read a comic of, you know, Ash versus Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But I can't, like, the so crossovers are okay, but I can't do, like, oh, God, no. Like, I can't do, I saw, I think I saw parts of is it Hellraiser or Hellraiser with Pinhead? Oh my god, I yeah. almost threw up. Chucky, I couldn't sleep. Like <laughs> I thought he was like up from the. Oh my god, no. He's not a demon. He's just a serial killer in a in a in a child's doll body. That's all he is. I can't. And then there was Bride of Chucky. I saw a poster of Bride, Bride of Chucky. Chucky was awesome. It, Bride of Chucky's a comedy more than anything else. It's a horror. I couldn't comedy. sleep. <laughs> it, was, it was hard. I do. I do want to say though. I will group Howard the Duck and Roger Rabbit at the very end as part of horror, at least from my point of view. It scared the crap out of me. Oh, the, you have the, no idea. the monster, the aliens at the end of Howard the Duck. Yeah, no, just uh, just Howard the Duck himself was he, real creepy looking. Yeah, he is uh, very he scared, unnatural. He scared me for life. Comics were okay, mm-hmm. not as that. And I also, I believe it was the part in. Um, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Where the I guess if you're a cartoon or something, if you touch the the dip slime or the yeah the the you you melt it yeah yeah it <laughs> tears <laughs> I freaked out I don't 
your your story sounds so very similar to 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 mine. I don't know if I told this on here yet or not, but um, I as a child, as my dad put it, he I was a puss. I wouldn't watch anything really scary, and I know the re- exact reason why. Because years later, I would tell him why I would freak out as a kid every time he tried to show me something horror, like a horror film, like his. Loves monster movies. Loves them. Like, not just the old ones. Anything with a monster in it, he will gladly watch. So he'll watch great monster movies. He'll watch the really crappy monster movies. Like, the all the, like, like direct-to-video stuff. Like, there wasn't a, a, a weekend when we went to uh, a Warehouse Video, because there I'm dating myself. And he was just like, oh, this looks good. This looks like, what is this? It's called Within the Rock the heck is this? I don't know. Something about an alien. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch this. So, like, oh, come on, son. He'll be great. He'll be great. So, the thing that screwed me up as a child, I was four years old, and my father, who painted, like, he did art on, you know, on his free time, it was during the winter, and, you know, they were in California, we were hitting, like, a weird cold snap, and he painted on the garage, so he moved his easel and everything in, and we had a VCR and a TV in the, in the den, and Guess what he was doing in the middle of the night? Was watching Aliens, a copy his buddy had made for him. And I sat down because uh, I wanted to hang out with my dad, a little four-year-old me. And I'm kind of watching along. It's dark, and I'm kind of like I'm four, so I don't know really what the hell's going on. But this, the moment always, this moment always stood out to me, and it's what freaked me out. It's dirt towards the end when Bishop Ridley and Hicks get on the ship, and they think they got away from the main planet and Bishop's talking to Ripley and all of a sudden he gets spiked through the chest by the queen and then the queen lifts him up and then rips him in half. He rips Bishop in half. Now, yes, it sounds gory and it is really gory because James Cameron made it as gory as possible. The thing is though, since Bishop is a robot, he doesn't bleed normal blood. He bleeds like this white milky stuff and as a kid, seeing all that stuff coming out of him and he's like moving around and it's all of this green crap you know flinging out of him that freaked me out to no end and I didn't want to watch an alien movie after that like there was there was a time when alien 3 came out my dad tormented me for like a good four hours my uncle my brother because my brother loved watching him and I wouldn't watch him and he, the alien 3 said like, come on so we're gonna go watch it and I was like bawling I'm just like I don't want to go I don't want to go watch this so it wasn't until like years like because when I turned like six and seven I, I was eating up Predator, and I was eating up Robocop, and my, it, my dad would just scratch his head. He's like, you'll watch this, but you won't watch other things. I'm like, but these are cool. And he's just like, it's the same thing. It's like, no, it's not. It's different. It's different. So there was a long while. I wouldn't watch anything. And then years later, when uh, when he was living with me, when I was, uh, when I was living with some buddies who was staying with me, and he was going through my DVD collection, and I'm in bed one morning, and I wake up, and I hear Japanese people talking. I'm just like, okay, so what did he get into? Because I don't have normal TV in my room. And I look over, and he's watching a black and white movie, and it takes me two seconds in my half day sleep. He's watching my copy of Tetsuo the Iron Man. And he turns to me, and he's like, son, what? What? <laughs> you wouldn't watch this if I taped your eyes open like, like the dude in Clockwork Orange as a kid. You have more screwed up stuff in here than I have ever seen. What the hell is wrong with you? I'm just like, I am I guess I'm truly your son? I don't know. I grew up and I started enjoying more screwed up things. He's like, but you still won't watch Alien? I'm like, look, I went back and watched him. I'm not a fan of him. I'm a Predator guy. 
till the end. I love Predator. But like aliens don't do anything for me. But yeah, I got I got really twisted stuff from other countries in there. Like if you really go through, there's some really screwed up things. Like he he went through some of my schlocky Japanese stuff like uh like my copy of uh, Machine Girl, um which is a uh, a movie about a Japanese girl who goes on a revenge spree and gets her arm cut off and a machine gun put on. And it's it's really exploitive. And I got a ton of stuff like that. And he was watching, it's just like it's just so much blood and so much like cartoonish gore. I don't it's just I don't get you anymore. It's like this is this is the stuff I love. So I did turn him on to Del Toro films though. Like every time I'd mention it's like, hey, there you know, Guillermo del Toro's he's like, What did he do again? I'm like, he did Blade too. It's like, Oh, that was great. You know, like he did Hell loves Hellboy. So every time I was like, This is the dude to the Hellboy, oh yeah, yeah, let's go watch it. So I took him to go see uh Pacific Rim and he's just like Oh, they need to do a Godzilla movie like this, and I told him when it's like they're doing one like this. So, you know, he uh, he he's all into that that kind of stuff. That's that's where I get my love for this stuff because honestly, if it wasn't for him, kind of being neglectful one night and turning on the TV to entertain me for twenty minutes, I never would have found Godzilla. Right. No, no, I, I get I get what mm-hmm. you mean. I am. I mean, not similar to you now in that case, but I mean, it can take certain things, but no, I couldn't. It took oh, it took it took all of my guts to watch Tarantino's with a death proof mm-hmm. uh, with all that and also as a little child loved loved Spaceballs <laughs> except I bawled my eyes out when that little creature came when out they re- the when they redid it. Alien yeah yeah because it's the um, same dude it's William Hurt too he he came back and did that scene again I just mm, <laughs> Jesse you know see Jesse's tolerance <laughs> is only so. <laughs> So well, but so, you can mean, do you can do Hellboy and stuff like that though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hellboy, yeah. Hellboy's watch, fine. Did to you me. watch Blade Two? Yes. Okay. Yes. Vampires for me, I think is okay. Mm-hmm. It kind of like, it kind of depends. I'm gonna have to pick and choose very carefully, just as I do with my video games. <laughs> but you know, I I like Marvel zombies. Mm-hmm. I can read scares, which is by a SLG. Yeah can't really take Walking Dead. Just too much for you. So, yeah. <laughs> that's that's too that's too much for me. So I take it you um, I take it you've never seen the thing. I no, I did see the new one. I spent a lot actually by watching I meant I went in and out of the room a lot <laughs> because whenever I felt like I needed to, I got up and I left. But no, no, no there was also Oh my god, no, it took me took me all of my guts to watch that. And also, it took me forever to watch Shaun of the Dead. Really? Shaun of the Dead yes. was a hard one for you? Yeah, it took me a while. And then Hot Fuzz took me by surprise. Like, with the with the head on the ground. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it made it look like it was a car accident, but it wasn't. <laughs> you know, if I'm expecting it, you know, that's okay. Like, I knew Kill Bill 1 was mm-hmm. going to have a lot of gore. And it was more of a revenge movie than it was a horror movie. Yeah. I'm fine with I'm fine with blood. But Kill Bill, I saw that coming. Mm-hmm. Hot Fuzz, I didn't because I knew it was a comedy going in. So when that happened, I jumped out of my seat, and my friend could feel his seat move mm-hmm. from my seat moving. And he was like, "What is wrong with you?" I was like, "Look, man, I, I have, I have weak nerves. I have small tolerance for certain types of things. Only with horror, mm-hmm. horror, and like, but." You know, which which leads to my oxymoronic love with um or paradoxical love, excuse me, for for Batman movies as a child. Mm-hmm. So, it, and, oh, but yeah, and you, Batman's my. But yeah, you like giant monsters. Yes, 
Yes, those are awesome, though. Because mm-hmm. I see them more as lovable animals. <laughs> so, well, anyway, Del Toro's still working on... Uh, he's working on uh, Pacific Rim 2. He did kind of hint that if he does... If, if uh, it does get greenlit, he will be back to direct it, which is kind of surprising. But, um, you know, it, it, it could work, because it, the film did gangbusters in China. It did all right here. I think that they... Um, if they do do a sequel, they'll probably cut the budget a bit, and uh, probably give it like a maybe like a li- early summer, like maybe where Godzilla came out, because that's originally where Pacific Rim was supposed to come out that Godzilla weekend, and they moved it back to to July, which I think was probably the biggest mistake they they could have made, and uh, you know, or you know, maybe like in April where where Captain America is. So I do think that it's building a, uh, a it's built definitely building an audience. So I think more right. and more people will will go see if they do a second one, they'll go see it. And they they you know, Del Toro did say in in the interview that uh, Raleigh and Mako are in it, but the way he worded it doesn't seem like they're the main characters. Right, right. I get what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I don't. Did they keep going with the? Uh, I don't know. If they're still going to go with the half Jaeger, half uh, Kaiju element, and. Uh, you know, there was rumors of like them doing like th- a combiner element to the Jaegers too, uh, like Voltron mm-hmm. or like a, a like a kind of like a Megazord thing, which yeah it would be cool. I mean, it's one of the sci-fi Japanese sci-fi as- aspects you could go with the giant robots, but just the way that they, the the uh, the grounding that they put for the Jaegers, I don't see that working at all unless they like like interchangeable arms or something like kind of like a toy where it's like they can pull off one arm put on another arm or just be updated the one thing i would like to see though is if uh they take cues from ava obviously obviously they took cues from ava in in, in the first film but they went a step further where they have like like faux buildings like in major cities that you know will slide down and there's like giant machine guns that only the jaegers can pick up that they can use that I think would just be f- just the perfect amount of insanity f- to get really to get people to really come out and just see something like that. So yeah, yeah, because they're gonna have to do something slightly different. Mm-hmm. It can't just be kaiju's and mechas fighting mm-hmm. each other anymore. They, they would definitely have to like explore the uh, the other universe, the alternate universe. Uh, you know, go back into the backstory of the of the aliens. But then if you do that. You're gonna have to delve into maybe making the aliens the, f- the more forefront bad guys, because because uh, that that was the thing with uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow, uh, even though the the aliens in it are like the bad guys, they do hint at like there's something else beyond that. But they really don't. They just it's like kind of like a a gloss, pretty much, and they just stay they stick to the uh, the the mimics as they call them in that story, which turns out mm-hmm. really awesome movie. Like I, I badmouthed a lot of that that film that was coming out, and I, when I sat down and watched it, I turned, to, I saw it with my buddy George, and I'm just like, I take back everything I said about this film coming up because it is fantastic. Did George like it? Oh, he loved it. It's like his, I think it's, he said it's his favorite film of the year so far. Like he's like, there's gonna, it's gonna be like hard to top that. Like that's like, cause he's like, it's like Wreck It Ralph good. Like for him, that that's like his. His measuring stick, because he loves Wreck It Ralph. Right, right. Wreck It Ralph was it was well done mm-hmm. in many ways. It was very well done yeah. in many ways. Yeah, if you get a chance, go watch go watch Edge of Tomorrow. It's really worth your money. And uh, Tom Cruise, even though he's very Tom Cruise in it, like 
just you can't <laughs> see no to that dude. Like he's like, I know you're nuts and everything like that, but you're just so damn good at what you do sometimes that I just you know can't help but root for you. Like as long yeah, as yeah, he doesn't age. No, oh, he doesn't age. He shows a little bit of age, like here, like he can start seeing it on his face. Is like, uh, this isn't cocktail Tom Cruise anymore, but you know he still he still got it. And they made the uh, they made the story work because I was a big fan of the book. I'm just like, Tom Cruise is like 52, and the main character in the book's 23. How the hell is this going? They they perfectly you know rewrote the part to fit the character, so it works out very well. And it's it's an exceptionally well done movie too. Like this is from the dude that made Jumper. So the the fact that I was like went back and was like this, the, the guy yeah he made Born Identity, but he also made Jumper too. So all right, well. Let's move away from stuff that might not happen to something that definitely did not happen. So, Sci-Fi Japan, a particular favorite side of mine, uh, got an interview today, or not today, uh, earlier this week, with uh, one Michael Schleslinger, Singer, S-C-H-L-E-S-I-N-G-E-R. I'm terrible with names, so... Uh, if by chance this guy ever hears it or somebody, you know, knows the name, it's just like, dude, you just butchered it. That's just, I, I'm slightly dyslexic that way with names. But anyway, he was the fellow who did, um, who did the American dub for Godzilla 2000. Now, if you're listening to this, more than likely you saw Godzilla 2000 when it came out in theaters in August of 2000. Good God, can you believe it's been that long? Yeah, I know, it's it's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, when was the last time you saw that? Anyway, real quick. Um, probably you mean Godzilla two thousand? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I can't remember. Yeah. I I don't I don't remember the last time I saw it. It's not exactly the strongest entry out there, is it? It's not. I do remember watching it no more than twice. Mm-hmm. There are a few other ones, like 74 Mecha Godzilla. I saw maybe five, six times. Mm-hmm. But that one I saw twice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I bought the bootleg because I didn't know they were ever going to release it in theaters. And literally, like, uh, like three months later, like, yeah, it's going to come out in theaters. I'm like, well, that, there we go. But, you know, in, in hindsight, it was great that I bought the bootleg because they did do some edits to the film, so I have an uncut copy somewhere on VHS sitting in a box. But anyway, I digress. So, Godzilla 2000 came out. Uh, Didn't exactly light the world on fire, but then again, Sony didn't put a ton of money into putting it out. They they put it out in August, when August really didn't mean much in terms of movies. You gotta remember, 10, 14 years ago, the, uh, the summer... Uh, uh, lineup for films was vastly different than the one you, you, we see today where it's not like every weekend there's a huge you know uh, tent pole that's out it was like you got a tent pole if you were lucky at the beginning of May you definitely got a tent pole uh, Memorial Day weekend you got something usually about the second week of June and then you know 4th of July weekend 4th of July 4th of July yep and then like a week after 4th of July and then it would taper off after that and you get like a bunch of like dumb comedies and, like, some low-end horror films in August because it was like, nobody goes to the movies in August. Well, now a lot of people go to the movies all year round, so what were once known as, like, the dumping grounds, which was, like, August to October, has now been put to, like, a small window, like, the week after Labor Day in September, and then January is still kind of considered, like, a dumping month. 
but even that's mm-hmm. even that's being phased out. So August, late a late August release for Godzilla 2000 didn't really pan into big box office. And to be fair, the movie in Japan only kind of did remote business because it was the first uh, Godzilla movie after you know, Japanese Godzilla movie after the American film, which was just pretty much was an answer to people being so outraged by the Emmerich film, they're just like, that's not Godzilla, that Godzilla's BS. So, like, Toho was like, alright, well, we'll make, we'll make, we'll go back to making him if you guys want him so bad. And, uh, they gave us Godzilla 2000, which is like, you probably could have aimed a little higher, you know, if you wanted to, because this, it really feels like an, okay, when you get, like, a great TV series... You have you start off strong. You have like a a great opening episode, and then you'll have that episode in the middle where it's like, okay, this is the turning point, and stuff's gonna start happening until the until the close, and then you get the big finish. Godzilla 2000 feels like episode six, which is like three episodes away from like the big turn. So it's like we need to kill some time, so we just gotta pad it. That's that's sadly what Godzilla 2000 kind of feels like. It was just like... That's true. Yeah. That's true. But some people were so desperate for anything after 98, Roderick. Pretty much. Any port in a storm. Any port in a storm. They were like, we'll take it. It's like you ate something that was so gross. Mm -hmm. You'll literally eat or drink anything after that just to get the taste out. Even though it's not as good. It's like the old Simpsons ad-ish. It's like, what do you got to eat? Clap, clash. Ah. All right, give me four. He's like, oh, God, that was terrible. What, what can you give me to wash that horrible taste out of my mouth? Uh, Mountain Dew or crab juice? Ugh. I'll take the crab juice. Thank you. <laughs> so, the, the, Godzilla 2000, kind of the crab juice. You know, you'll take it, but, you know, it's like, I, would I prefer it? Eh, not really. I mean, they had an interesting monster, Orga, but he only shows up at the very end and kind of really doesn't play a part. It's just more or less, it's it's a really a movie about the biology of Godzilla. Which is a really weird way to take it. It's just like, this is why he doesn't get hurt by missiles. It was just like, that. that's really what you're going to focus on? You didn't have, like, you couldn't have come back swinging for the fences? It's just like, ah, this is uh, this is a biology class. That's pretty much what it is. So, uh, the, anyway, the American, produce, the American uh, producer of this film, who was in charge of dubbing it and, you know, giving it, you know, its release... You know, had such a great time working on it that he's just like, you know what, we could probably do more. You know, Sony had the rights at the time. They were sitting around, you know, looking like, well, do we do another, you know, film from the Emmerichverse? Because the other one didn't really do that great. And the story goes, you know, this dude wrote up a script called Godzilla Reborn. It was kind of like a uh, uh, a flip on Godzilla 2000, you know. Um, it had two of the characters from the Japanese film come back, so pretty much the two scientist guys uh, for, the main, for the film, they were the only ones who came back, and then he padded it out with, you know, uh, newer characters, and uh, he, he, I'll get to the list of who he had in mind, but he wrote it out, pitched it to Sony, you know, the head of Sony's like, hey, look, what if we, you know, took $10 million, which is chump change, you know, for, for our studio, and we made we went to Toho and was like, hey, we'll help finance this. Let you know, you guys come in, just do the effects, and we'll film a a, a sequel to Godzilla 2000. I, I don't know if it doesn't say they had a uh, uh, Mega Gears already. If they actually, I think Mega Gears was already go. But the idea was, we'll come in, we'll we'll uh, make our own film, and then that way you guys don't have to put any money into it. We'll put money into it. We'll release it. 
you know, if we make $20 million, it's a profit, and then you guys can release in Japan, and we get a cut of that. So Toho said, okay. So he wrote a script, and pretty much they had Godzilla going to Hawaii, ironically, kind of like how he does in the new film, and he fights a lava monster. And uh, it, you know, was almost set to go, and then much like, you know, every day, you know, studio heads change, and then the new head of the studio, when it, it was flopped on his desk, he's like, yeah, we're not doing this. If it ain't uh, big time, it ain't worth our time. So, Godzilla Reborn got snuffed out, and thus, you know, the what would have been the first, I guess, real American Godzilla film before the legendary one, you know, that almost came to be, never did. So, uh, it, it's an interesting part of, uh, of like, that lost you know, uh, th- those lost films of Godzilla. Like, there, there's a whole list of them, like, Godzilla, uh, you know, the the lost script for, or not lost, but the unmade script for Godzilla Returns, where he fought uh, that first initiation of Bag End. There was a triple-changing monster. Or, uh, like, the original script for Godzilla versus Gigan that had, like, a uh, um, Banjin type of uh, monster in it. And, you know, the uh, Henry G. Serpenstein idea for Godzilla versus uh, Gargantua. That kind of stuff, you know. This was something, like, nobody, like, really had any idea until, like, a couple weeks ago. So, uh, it was uh, Steve uh, Rifle that uh, that interviewed the, the gentleman and got the, the skinny on it. So, it, he, uh, the the guy said he had uh, Bruce Campbell, Jimmy Lee Curtis, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Freaking Leonard Nimoy would have been. And Christopher Lee. They would have been in a Godzilla film. I would have paid good money to see that. And uh, Lee and uh, and uh, Campbell would have been the leads, which just Bruce Campbell and anything is already awesome. But Bruce Campbell and the Godzilla movie would have been fantastic. And yes, I like I liked how they had, you know, he said when he had pre- presented the script to Toho, mm-hmm. this is my favorite part of the article because I I don't know why I laughed <laughs> out loud, but it was called Godzilla Reborn. Mm-hmm. For me, I meant it figuratively. Mm-hmm. I read it in a figurative format, mm-hmm. also because. You know, Godzilla 2000 and, you know, 1998 scarred people for life. So I was like, oh, okay, it's a, yeah, it's like, you know, Dark Knight Returns. Um, you know, and then he says, you know, they need to go read it. They made a major change. And he was like, okay, I'll make that change. And so he did. He made a change. Mm-hmm. However, Steve asks later on in the transcript, what was that major change? And he goes, well, originally I wanted to kill Godzilla and then have him cloned, mm-hmm. you know, so he's back. I was just kind of like, oh, oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. No, there is a there is a one and only, much like a, much like a Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, sorry for those that are like, I, I like Terry McGinnis as Batman and Dick Grayson, but I'm saying, you know, to many people, Bruce Wayne or Clark Kent, right, yeah. is the one and only of whatever they do. So I was like, oh, no, no, no. And apparently Toho didn't like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't like the fact that Godzilla died, so he had changed it. That Godzilla was just in a coma, mm-hmm. but then you know, and then he's back. Yeah. So when I read it, I was like, "Oh, he meant a literal reborn." Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess. But um, I don't think that to me. I'm not. You know, cloning is something really has to be done right with the plot. Yeah. You can't just. You can't for those who live through any sort of horrible clone story arc including the Clone Saga mm-hmm. for Spider-Man in the 90s. Um, <laughs> there is just, there is just t- too many things um, that can go just, no. Yeah. But, 
you know, with that, I preferred if Godzilla was not cloned. So I'm glad that Steve was able to ask that question later on in the interview mm-hmm. and kind of get a clarification on what that what that was. Um, I mean, coma is just as nah, but yeah. you know, to me, coma animals can human pe- we can be into comas all the time. Mm-hmm. Like a, it's like a, it's like a deep deep hibernation. I don't know, but I don't. I I liked that better. I'm di- I mean, I know the movie didn't get made, but I am glad that Toho was just kind of like, mm, we not cool with that. Yeah. So he, they changed it to, we know a coma, and he was okay with it. But I don't know, that part actually made me, like, make a sound. Like, I laughed for a second out loud. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, well, okay. Well, here's two more bits that would have actually made this movie really interesting. A, um, he pitched it to Joe Dante, and it looked like yeah. Joe Dante was going to direct it, which would have been super freaking awesome, because I love Joe Dante, and Joe Dante does not work enough, in my opinion. Uh, those who don't know, Joe Dante, you know, um, Gremlins, um, I think the last theatrical film he did was that Looney Tunes movie with Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. But, uh, just, yeah, oh, and he also did the original Piranha, that's just off the top of my head right now. Uh, but him doing a Godzilla movie would have been awesome, especially like a, a Man in Suit style Godzilla movie. Uh, that would have been great. And here's the other thing: the monster that they had was called uh, Miba, and it was a yes. giant bat-like creature made from molten lava, which actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So when they describe it as kind of like Muto without the legs. Yeah. Which, um, on a side note, did you see that uh, Muto artwork I found? I posted on the uh, Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, I did. I don't know what. Yeah. He, so different. I, part of me, though, kind of feels like I would have been a little more satisfied with that design. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the designs they went with, even though they're kind of Cloverfieldian in in some ways. But that, it's I don't know. It seemed like just like an actual monster, like just like another like monster, nothing insectoid. I don't right. know. Right. No, I get what you mean. Mm-hmm. I get what you mean. It also actually kind of. But yeah, it would seem. I don't know. It seemed a lot more horror, mm-hmm. to be honest. But that's the purpose of concept art. True. You know. That's yeah, so we go through many phases. Um, yeah, and his hands. I think what I think what creeps me out is the little 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 phalanges. Mm-hmm. They look like actual little hands as opposed to like you know, actual insect legs, where it's a single yeah. appendage, like a single phalange, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. You know what he kind of reminds me of? He kind of reminds me of the uh, concept art for the uh, Griffin from the '94. American film that never got made. Like, there's like, there, yeah. I've noticed a lot of similarities. <laughs> it might have been something that someone pointed out. It's like, uh, they almost kind of did this at one point, so maybe we want to change it up a bit. But it actually, it's really cool. I wouldn't doubt that, like, someone, you know, some fan may, makes a model out there of it because, you know, I've seen a lot of concept art stuff that's really cool. Like, a lot of designs that really like, why did they go with this instead of that? But, you know, it is what it is. I liked it. Maybe they can scrap it or save it for something else someday. But, uh... Right, right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Godzilla Reborn, you know, another annual of the Unmade History, which, that should be, I, I'm, I'm working on one, of, I'm working on a show for that, I want, about the, the lost films that, ne- or the films that never were, because I, I have a, uh, I have a big fascination with, with stuff like that, like, projects that almost got off the ground but never did. So I love scripts so much, it's just like, it's just like, wow, you were going to do this at one point, but you never did? So that's why I want to do a. Uh, and I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm thinking out loud at this point. Uh, I want to do a uh, an episode dedicated around the uh, the 
the two screenplays for the uh, American films that I never made either, but I need to find a copy of the 80s one that Steve Miner was going to do, that Fred Decker wrote. I I talked to people that have had it, that read it, they're like, oh yeah, it's pretty cool. Nobody can give me a copy, and I can't find a copy online. So I got like four copies of the uh, uh, Elliot uh, Russo uh, script, because they put it up on their site, but other than that, you know, I, I want that I want that 80s script, and I can't find it for the life of me. So if, if anybody's listening and they know it, just um, email me at the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast at Gmail, and uh, if you can point me in the direction where I can read said script, I would be most grateful. But aside from shameless plugging, Jessica, let's talk toys for a minute. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, first things first, uh, I know how much you love Pacific Rim. Do you have $128 handy right now? No, I do not, and I think I know what you're talking about. Yep, because the giant-sized, two-foot-wide, foot-tall knife head is coming out from Nika uh, Toys in about a week. I know. I saw that, and I was like, oh, because I do have friends who are knife head because, you know, fans, I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, Shark Week and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> however, I saw that, and I was like, oh, I don't have $128. If there was, like, a two-feet-tall Onibaba that was twice the amount, mm-hmm. I would, Glad, you know, gladly. possibly go out and sell an organ to get it. <laughs> um, I hope my organs are worth more than that, but... You know, I was kind of like, no, I would totally want to buy. I do have friends I know who would be interested in mm-hmm. Knifehead, and it's something that I would love to have had in my collection. But I don't know. For those who've been following, you know I have this obsession with Onibaba, and yet, yet, that sucker is not as abundant. He is like the Esmeralda of the <laughs> Disney dolls. You just, you like it. There's a certain fan following for it, but you just can't find them in stores. Because there wasn't that many Hunchback of Notre Dame fans. No one really cared for that movie. It was kind of creepy anyway. <clears throat> oh, God, yes. Frollo was like... On the side note, yeah. yeah. Oh. Frollo was like the worst, like literally like the like the most like horrific like villain. Like if you were comparing him to real life, like he was going to throw Quasimodo down a drain because he thought he was a demon from hell as a newborn. Yes, also, don't read the lyrics when he's singing about Esmeralda because they are, they are disturbing. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of slight innuendos in that film. It's just, it's really bad. Especially, like, Esmeralda. Like, there's a lot of, like, stripper innuendo to Esmeralda, too. Like, when she's kind of dancing around and stuff. Yeah. And that was funny because I didn't, I I didn't watch that film on its initial release. I watched it much later with, like, more adult eyes. I'm just like, this, this, he got away with this? (laughs) <laughs> yeah so. but I was like mm, no but yes only Baba is the Esmeralda mm-hmm. of his tight brethren so and, uh. and Knifehead is like the Elsa and uh, what? <laughs> it's like the Elsa doll of, uh, of Kaiju right now it's just everywhere this one's kind of cool though because his eyes and mouth do light up which they got the uh, the blue effect which is really cool and uh, there's a size comparison to the larger format, like uh, Knifehead that's out, and this, it's just mm-hmm. massive. I saw a hard copy of this, which is the um, the figure that's the, the molded figure with all the joints, but without the paint. 
and yeah, it's big. Like it's bigger than Gypsy too. So that that 18 inch Gypsy, which is a spectacular piece of of uh, toy making, this kind of puts it to shame. So, and I do know, yeah, that, I do know that there's a Cherno uh, 18 inch coming out soon too. So, just give us one more Kaiju, and then you know everything be everything be cool. So. Yes. Yes, I was looking for weight specifications, but did you find any? I couldn't find weight, but if I'm gonna judge, because the uh, the actual um, smaller end figures are pretty weighty themselves, I'm gonna say this thing probably weighs a good like four or five pounds. Like it's it's, that is true. it's a pretty thick figure. Um, I mean, I'm just considering there's there's probably some hollow points in there, especially for the lighting. But it, I mean, it, and the articulation looks awesome. The paint job looks awesome. I'm it's 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 another fine Nika figure. It's just it's it's massive though. So and if you got room, I, you know, kudos to you putting up. And sadly, I don't have the money right now for this. I still haven't gotten giant size Gypsy, which I wanted, and it doesn't look like I'm getting him anytime soon either. So it will come around. Mm-hmm. It will, because you know, come Christmas, well, a little bit before Christmas, <laughs> hopefully. I mean, I don't know if prices will jump up, but. There'll be people getting rid of stuff to make money mm-hmm. or selling stuff or desperation comes and they're just like, I'm just going to take $20 off or something. So my, you never know. My buddy bought one and he kept it in the box. So I'm pretty sure if he ever got desperate, I could wring it from his hands. I've done I've done far worse with far less. So. I know. <laughs> on that note, on the big end scale, this... This I'm definitely buying, because if it's anything like their small figure, it is well worth the price. So Nika is also putting out a 24-inch or well, 12-inch high, 24-inch long uh, legendary Godzilla. Now they put out a six-inch uh, scale figure, which I picked up uh, right before, I think, right after our last show. The the, the or not the last, the show it was just you and I on, and we we're talking about the the film, and. I can't say enough about that toy. That toy is freaking unbelievable. Like, I opened it up thinking it was going to be like the uh, the Pacific Rim figures, which I like the Pacific Rim figures. The detailing's great, but they're kind of stiff in the joints, and, like, there's articulations issues with certain, was you know, a couple of them. The Godzilla, on the other hand, I've never seen articulation like this on, like, a standard action figure. Like, to get... I would compare it to the Bandai high-end SH Monster Art figures, just in the poses you can do. But the the, the beauty of it is, it's not as brittle as those figures are. Where, like, you feel like you kind of got to... You got to have soft hands to kind of bend them, because it's like, ooh, if I put too much pressure, this is going to break. Like, this thing, I could throw it at the wall, and it's going to put a hole in it, and it's going to be fine. And at the same time, (laughs) it's got, like, like... like 50 points of articulation so you can move the head around like you can do a full stop motion movie with this thing and the joints hide very well with it too and I love love this figure like I haven't been in love with a toy like this in a long time like I opened it up and I just showed everyone's like look at it look how awesome it is and people are just rolling their eyes and like yeah you're you're 30 dude and you're playing with toys it's like but this is art you're, you're not getting the art so uh, if this 24 inch figure is anything like that I gladly forking out whatever. I'm writing a blank check, and I'm just like, whatever you need, uh, I will gladly give it to you. Because not only does it look like it has the same articulation as the 12-inch one, it's also got lights and sounds, too. So he roars, and his I think his mouth lights up. 
which I don't see in the pictures, but I know for a fact he roars. And the detailing is fantastic. So I'll have a I'll have a um, picture of that in the show notes. But for only fifty bucks, the can't, you can't beat that price, especially considering that people are dropping like a hundred and fifty bucks on a Ghidra figure from uh, SH Figure Arts that's like half the size. You know, it, that this is an easy buy. Um, on that note, though, I did contact um, the uh, Nika guys through their Twitter after uh, the the Godzilla figure came out. I grabbed it and I was raving to them. And I asked him, it's like, hey, uh, the line you have coming out um, for the classic figures, are they going to have the same articulation? Like, yeah, it's going to be the same super articulation. I'm like, you guys have a gold mine on your hands. These are, f- this is fantastic. Like, not even their licensed figures, like the Predator figures, have this kind of articulation. And I know I'm ranting and raving like like a schoolgirl about articulation, and it sounds really boring. But if you love toys, you know that it's hard to kind of combine proper articulation with looks. Like, one, usually one has to give up for the other. So the fact that Nika found a happy medium between both that doesn't kill my wallet is just cause for celebration. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a... Oh, man. I, I, I don't have him in front of me right now, but if I did, I'd be playing with him and be losing my... It's just losing track. Lastly, here are the things I'm really excited about. Because um, I am a Bandai collector. Like, if, above anything else, I know certain people collect models, some people collect books, some people collect the comics. I know a lot of people collect toys. There are people who said, sorry, I can't afford, you know, going back and collecting all the Bandai stuff. I collect the little toy, the, the little trading toys, like the little candy toys. And that's what some people collect. <laughs> I, on the other hand, made the decisions like, no. There's only about, you know, like 90 of these things. I can get them all. They're like Pokemon, and I will get them one day. So I uh, I collect the Bandai vinyl figures. I have probably 60% of the main collection. So I don't have, you know, the high-end stuff like the anniversary box set that had all the different Godzilla suits in it. Um, I don't have, uh, like, older figures like Gorosaurus, King Kong, Mechanic Kong, but I do have stuff like Biolanti and stuff like that. Like, I've, I've managed to procure a... A, a very respectable collection over the years. So anytime, you know, that anytime Bandai announces something new, I'm like, I'm on it. So lately they've been focusing all their attention on the uh, Monster Art line, which is cool, but I can't afford $90 for a, you know, small six-inch figure. You know, even though it's super detailed and super nice, it's just out of my, you know, out of my price range. <coughs> Uh, 15 to 20 bucks on the other hand for like a vinyl figure that doesn't have the same you know posability but has the likenesses I'll gladly fork down and uh, Bandai in conjunction with the Japanese release of the uh, Legendary Godzilla film has announced that they're putting out um, in the 6 inch vinyl line uh, the legendary version of Godzilla so that will come with a tag and it'll go along with the uh, with the other figures that they've been putting out lately and they're going to be the first ones to put out a proper Muto figure. So there's going to be a six-inch vinyl Muto figure that you can actually finally have fights with, like on your bookshelf and stuff like that. And they both look pretty awesome. They, they're only putting out the fly Muto right now, so I don't know if they're going to do the uh, female Muto, which I would hope they would do. But then again, we never got um, the rest of the Final War figures in the proper six- or eight-inch line. So I guess we'll see how these things sell. 
Yeah. I felt so bad because the earlier you were talking about the $120 two feet one and then mm-hmm. obviously the $90 ones that are outside of, you know, some people's price range. And I was like, oh, it's time to come up with some sort of fake wedding registry for you. Yeah. And just have <laughs> just people put people. it up like an Amazon wish list. <laughs> Or I start my own webcam. It's like, you could pay me in, like, my Amazon wish list. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, nobody's going to like, oh. tune in for that. That's a horror show in its own. <laughs> oh, no. But, no, definitely I'll be picking these bad boys up. I love I love the, the Bandai vinyl line. Like, they... Bandai's, you know, before the Monstar figures, these were, like, the closest thing you could get to, like, proper movie um, detail. So and the uh, even though I've, I'm kind of a little disappointed they're only in the six inch line and not the um, eight and a half inch line like the older figures were I will still take them mm-hmm. so I, because it's gonna be an official Japanese Bandai uh, legendary and an official Muto and they go they're right in line with all the other you know Toho monsters that they put out so I'm I'm, I'm happy either way so I don't care and it's probably gonna only be like twenty bucks when they hit American shelves anyway so. They are far better than what Bandai America has put out on the store shelves. The the despicable figures. Oh man! Every time I walk by, as which which reminds me, real quick story. Uh, I was in Toys R Us a couple weeks ago, and uh, <clears throat> I was checking out the uh, the aisle with all the Godzilla toys, and I was you know showing my buddy. I'm just like, man, look at these things. These things are terrible. And I keep looking up, and the got the Japanese figures are still there from uh, Bandai's earlier lines that Toys R Us won't move. So I'm just like, I know kids are coming in after seeing these movies, and they're just like, Godzilla, and they look up, and they're seeing King Caesar, like a million King Caesars, just staring back at them, and they're like, what the heck is that thing? And why is it with all the Godzilla stuff? I and he's I know that nobody's buying him because they don't know who he is. I just feel so bad yeah. every time I walk yeah. in there. Like if it's really if like if it's if the world's truly like Toy Story and they come to life at night, there's just all these sad, depressed King Caesars. Like nobody wants us. Like they're just I know <laughs> they're jumping off. Like even the the most like even the obscure Godzilla figures like the the. Like the '95 figure or like the '54 figure, just like eh, people are buying us and taking us home. I don't know about you, buddy. So it, it just depresses me to no end. But I look at those, I'm like, man, these are awesome figures. And then I look down at the American stuff, and when I see the the Fire Blast Godzilla for thirty-four dollars, and I, you know, you can kind of pick them up and hold them in your hand, and you're, it's like a hard plastic. You're just like. For thirty-five bucks, man, I, I wouldn't. I, I'm no way near buying this. This is like a total ripoff. Like I wouldn't even give this to like the poor kids in the sedan. Like this is just insulting them. So <laughs> I put them down, and my buddy looks at me like, "Man, these, yeah, these these toys are kind of crappy." I'm like, "Yeah, they are." And so we walk we walk down a little bit further into the Power Ranger stuff because I, you know, every once in a while I look for the high end stuff that Toys R Us puts out because I like to like indulge my my nostalgia. And a little girl runs right by me, just screaming, and she's just zooming like Speedy Gonzalez. And I see her parents chasing after her, and then all of a sudden she stops, and, and I'm not looking at her. I'm like, look, I'm talking to my buddy, and right behind me, I look, in my within earshot of me, or she stops, she screams she's like, "Oh my God, Godzilla! It's so freaking cool!" And uh, I just stop, and 
like a small tear rolls down my eye, like the like <laughs> a happy version of that of that Indian that saw the people litter on the highway. Just like there, there's a young girl who had no like I guarantee, f- like five months ago had no idea what Godzilla is, and now she's screaming how cool he is in the middle of Toys R Us. It's like life is good. Life is very good. You texted that to me. Mm-hmm. I was in the middle of doing something, but I looked down and I saw that text, and I was like. Somewhere out there, I am going to find this little girl. <laughs> but like in a in a happy slash weirdly creepy thought. <laughs> but I was kind of like, I'm gonna give her a hug and tell her that she's wonderful. And then later on, I was telling my mom about that, and so she makes a joke, and she was like, Oh, so he time traveled and saw you? <laughs> is, is that what happened? And then I was like, No, there's other little girls out there who love Godzilla. And then so and I and I saw the same King Caesar tour because I was with a couple friends. Mm-hmm. We needed to pick up for laundry. It's a necessity. And we walking down. My friends are like, "Oh, look at that! You know, Godzilla toys. What is that? Mm-hmm. Is that an ape?" Yeah. And then I was like, "No, it's King Caesar." But one that that little girl one day she's gonna be like, "I know King Caesar," mm-hmm. and I don't mean it in the historical way of history, <laughs> Europe. Mm-hmm. I meant the actual. Uh, Toho creature, I would be. I would be so happy. One, one of the greatest creations, in my opinion. He's just like we can't do King Kong anymore. So what can we come up with? Let's do a Chinese dragon. Sounds like King Kong. He moves like King Kong. All right, perfect. <laughs> oh this my goodness! Big floppy dog ears and everything. Yes, yes, and you know, I don't believe it was before we started recording, but Mark. Um, had spoken about the different kaiju, you know, movies that are in South Korea, Mm -hmm. China, Hong Kong, Taiwan. I was in the middle of, I was playing with your little vinyl figures. (laughs) Oh, God, you were there, because I remember Mm -hmm. you handed one to me, and then was making them do fights and making them dance a Congo line. Mm -hmm. It's two Godzillas and a Muto. And um, all of a sudden, I perk up because I understand what's going on on his iPad. (laughs) And and he was and then you know obviously there's subtitles for you guys mm-hmm. but then um I was like oh that's that's Mandarin mm-hmm. and he goes yeah it's, it's a Chinese he was like yeah it's a Chinese um kaiju film and I was like you know I haven't seen them in such a long time but yeah I mean there were certain elements when I was looking at King Caesar my friend is like that's a and I was like you know if you watched a movie it explains to you who the character is mm-hmm. but you know it's a very not Toho-esque, it's very just Asian-esque, yeah. like mythical fairy tale creature. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks like one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if like a phoenix suddenly came out, you know, <laughs> but, you know, it didn't. It did. I was telling a friend, I was like, no, you know, phoenix did not come out of that movie. But I was like, you know, it was one of those where I was telling them, you know, I didn't know how much longer they could have used King Kong. It was this whole thing. And so you just had another ape-like creature that just kind of appeared. And I gave them a brief history rundown. They thought he was ugly. And so they were like, mm, I'd rather just buy the Godzilla figure. Mm-hmm. And then they walked away. But, no. Um, and then shortly after that was your, shortly days later was your, your text message mm-hmm. of a little girl screaming that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. So, if anything, you know, people who complained about, you know, especially, you know, the hardcore fans, like, ah, this new film didn't live up to what I thought it was going to be. 
it's doing its job in the fact that it's turning mm-hmm. a whole new generation on. You know, that's it's the same argument that I have with the pre with the Star Wars prequels. The older hardcore fans are like, ah, man, these movies are are crap. Yeah, they're so terrible. It's like, okay, to you they might be because you're not a you're not getting the same fix. You're not getting your same heroin fix that you got when you watched the original ones when you were a kid. But to these kids that you know their parents are taking them. They're getting that fix for the first time, and yeah, even though you know their 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 tastes are a little more sophisticated, they're not going to buy into a lot of the sumation stuff or, you know, some of the lighter effects. And, and as much as you want to, you know, deep in your heart of hearts, want to believe, I've seen it firsthand. Like like uh, my buddy's kids, when I show them like older stuff, they're just like, they watch it for two seconds, and they're just like, okay, what else you got? It's like I I play Minecraft all day, like. This looks, you know, my Minecraft looks better than what you're showing me right now. So, you know, kids are jaded. So when you show them, you gotta give them a little taste of something that that suits their senses. And that's what the prequels did. They got them turned on to Star Wars. You know, Clone Wars did it. That's what exactly this Godzilla movie is doing. It's turning a whole new generation onto proper Godzilla, not the Sony style one that really went nowhere. But this one, at least, it looks like it's going somewhere, especially under the loving hands of Legendary. So. You know, hey, if it even didn't live up to your expectations, it's at least doing its job, and it's keeping kaiju's out there. It's keep it's building up the fandom. It's keeping Pacific Rim alive. It's giving chance to other films. I mean, I even though yeah, his anniversary is next year and his fiftieth. I part of me was not sure that it, that uh, that the, the studio that owns Gamera would even bother with a fiftieth anniversary, the, other than like maybe hey, we're gonna really re-release some of his films. So like. Oh no! Like giant monsters are popular again. Let's make a movie. So, it's it all helps in the end. It can't hurt really, unless the movie was god awfully terrible and just crapped on everything like the '98 film did. But it didn't do that. So you know, hey, because of that movie, there's now an eight-year-old girl running through the aisles of Toys R Us screaming how cool Godzilla is. Twenty years ago, if you told if I went back to my younger self and said, You're gonna be a Toys R Us one and that little girl's gonna scream how cool Godzilla is, I would have slapped myself and spat on me because call myself a filthy liar. It's like don't don't tell me these things. They're never gonna come true. So <laughs> I like how uh, how detailed you went into into your uh, physical violence there. <laughs> Just, just in full disgust of my like, not only in disgust of the lies of me, t- like my younger self would be thinking, my older self is telling, but just disgust. It's like, what did you do to yourself? What have, what have we done with our lives so far? It's like, uh, we run a podcast with an Asian girl who loves giant monsters, and I would have slapped him then too. Like younger me would have slapped older me because like, man, you're a double liar now. What the hell's a podcast? <laughs> it's a radio show online. These things don't exist. Yet they don't exist yet. I'd be like Doc Brown trying to trying to tell Marty that something happens to his kids. <laughs> All right. Oh my god. So Jessica, it's late. I have to be up in the morning to go e three, if that's even a word. So I think we should wrap it up for this episode. No, it's not a problem, and hopefully we'll other than evolve that we will find other interesting stuff. Oh, we did. Oh, we will. I'll I'll come back. I mean, I, I do. We do have to the people who are listening. Just like you guys, just kind of BS this whole episode. It's a little. That's kind of what this episode is a little bit. We wanted to get something out, and uh, you know, it's it's we. There's no way we're gonna be able to live up to how awesome last last week's episode was. So I figured it's like you know what, 
let's uh let's set the bar low so that way we can we can only go higher from here you know we, we can't get this low again so hopefully you enjoyed this episode at least you know it's a little bit of ranting i know but we wanted to get something out something to enjoy we have bigger things planned i know i keep saying that but believe me we do and now that we're moving away from you know the the film being out, we're definitely starting to implement some of those those bigger show topics. So those are coming, but today is just kind of like a kickback episode. And that yeah. note, yes, and, and go ahead. Yeah, Jim. and people will finally figure out why on I don't <laughs> go to Universal Horror Nights <laughs> every year. Someone asks me to go, and I'm like, nope. You, I'll stay home and watch everyone's backpack. Yeah, and you guys can all. You guys can all leave. I'm going to sit here watching My Little Pony episode and then they G.I. Joe episode and they go to sleep. You would be the poor girl that every year when uh, my buddy George goes, he's like, every year, man, I'm waiting in line for Maze and there's some dude and his girl and his girl gets freaked out by something and the monsters cure it and it just, it's like putting catnip in the air and the dude with the chainsaw will always come after her and she'll run out of the line and run up and down the, the freaking park and then more monsters will get in they're just chasing her around like a couple of dogs trying to nab a rabbit and it always ends bad because one of the monsters ends up eating it like on the sidewalk somewhere oh, no. it's always hilarious though last time he saw he saw a girl get chased by a dude with a chainsaw. She freaked out so much that she leapt. I think the, I think I boarded it. He, she leapt over the concession counter uh, at, at, at like a um, like, like a burger stand and hid back there. <laughs> and like the, the girl uh, that was working, I guess, took pity on her and let her stay there until the monsters left. Oh my goodness. Why would you pay good money to scare the crap out of yourself? Because I have never... Guys love it because it's something primal that we can't explain. But we, a, we love watching other people get scared because it's hilarious. And b, every once in a while you want to get scared a little bit yourself because it kind of it's like fun. It's like being a kid. Mm, no, that's okay. <laughs> I'll just watch Howard the Duck again. <laughs> I no. All right, but well, while you're yep. while you're watching Howard the Duck, where can the good people who are listening to the show find more of our work? Yes, we are on Facebook as the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. Mm -hmm. Please like us, and we will like you back as a person, I guess. <laughs> I realize we, we may have to hunt down every single person's Facebook profile. Well, we got a lot now. And be friends. We have a lot now. Yeah, I know, but, but let's be friends, mm -hmm. people, and people find us. We are there. Uh, same thing with Tumblr, the Kaiju Kingdom .com. Um And also, you know, Chris had mentioned earlier our email for some reason you are more shy or prefer to privately scream at us, we are at the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, also, however, our Twitter is different because we are limited in our characters. Um, some people have embossed me and asked. It's the Kaiju Kingdom. There's no podcast at the end. And that's actually up and running now. I actually set it all up. So there's uh, content on there. So if you're following us and you were looking at before, you were following us before and you saw like, like wow, there's nothing. There's actually some things on there now, so I'm uh, I'm I'm getting um, I'm I'm getting the ball rolling on that one. So go ahead, please do feel free to start following us though. Yes, you get to see our rants and raves in 140 characters or less. Mm -hmm. You know, so that would be hopefully we'll be able to entertain you guys. You, you'll see a picture of me just taking a picture of a sushi roll, and it's called the Godzilla roll. Mm -hmm. That that's just a small sample of what you might see on a Saturday afternoon. 
And uh, where can they find your work? Oh, yes. So uh, I have two wonderful sites that lead to almost all the social media, mm-hmm. which is girlongeek.com mm-hmm. and thecomicgirl.com. I'm also on Facebook as Jessica, and my last name is all one word, The Comic Book Girl. Um, if you can, please inbox me, and I've learned to check my other folder and uh, see, you know, be like, oh, I heard you with Chris. You guys were yapping about horror movies. I thought it was a kaiju podcast. Um, and but but friend me anyways, because I would like to know more about what scares you. And I will be more than happy to Facebook friend you and accept your request. So I apologize for those in the past that we're looking for. It was like 15 of you guys, but. I have uh, I have accepted your Facebook request now. All right, and uh, you can find me over at therealmcast.com. Uh, if you're curious about any of the E3 coverage, head on over there. We've been uh, covering it pretty immensely. Uh, other than that, yeah, you can go to Realmcast, check out my E3 coverage there. You can check out my other podcasts that I do, uh, the regular show, which is uh, the Realmcast itself, and uh, Take Two, where. Uh, we uh, recap all the uh, shenanigans uh, in the week in uh, pop culture news. And other than that, that will do it for us for this week. So for myself and... Just like a thing. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.